0: Exciting episode of Legends in the Dark where we operate under the motto, you can never trust a clown. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) My name is Jay.
1: And I'm Leslie.
0: How are you doing tonight, Leslie?
1: Uh, Better now that my husband stopped scaring me.
0: Great big bushy beard.
1: I know. For you listeners at home who's ever seen the movie Hot Fuzz, there's a part in it where a character says, Great big bushy beard. And Jay and my husband love scaring me with that, like jumping out of places and yelling at. And tonight, Chris did it because I had the hiccups and I was watching something scary. And it, I got rid of my hiccups, but it still was one of those things where it's like, I can't believe that still scares me.
0: Hilarious. Hilarious.
1: <laughs> I just actually recently rewatched that movie, too, Hot Fuzz. Really love that movie
0: you ever point your gun in the air and say, ah? I was like, no, I don't ever point my gun in the air and say,
1: ah. Uh, you've never seen Bad Boys 2? They're like,
0: Bad Boys 2 or or uh, what was the other one? Um, point Break. Point Break. He's like, I don't know, which one do you prefer? He's like, no, I mean, which one do you want to watch first?
1: <laughs> what well, was funny? By the, by the power of Grayskull. <laughs> Well, it was funny because tonight, or not tonight, but last week, uh, I, were, I was watching TV with my mother-in-law, and we both like Midsummer Murders. And for those of you who don't know, Midsummer Murders is basically an English Law and Order in the sense that it's a cozy murder mystery. They usually are in a county of Midsummer, and the chief inspector and his trusty sergeant usually go and solve at least three murders in this in this little town or village, and we were watching it, and literally my husband was just like, this is hot fuzz. And, and I was like, yeah, what are you think hot fuzz was making fun of is all the English, like, cozies.
0: Yeah, I don't think the cozies, like, you could probably solve any murder on any given day, probably within the course of, like, three to four hours.
1: Yeah, so it made me want to watch that movie again. And then, of it's course, like, figure
0: we could solve this murder. it be done by
1: lunchtime. By tea time.
0: Tea time, I'm sorry. Pip, pip, period. I'm British and all that.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so then I re it, and it was just funny because now we've been... We're doing the same thing. My husband and I, were just, like, quoting it back and forth now.
0: Like, we don't call them murders; We call them unlifings.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, how, how have you been?
0: I've been doing good, just trying to survive... This heat and or crap air quality that we've got going on over
1: here—it's really scary. All the wildfires in in California right now. There was some, I guess, there was an emergency um, up near my old hometown. They're like on the evacuation plan, so that's really weird. And we're we're a little ahead. We have a bat log, so I just put up the August twentieth, and in that episode, we were talking about oh, in two weeks there's going to be wildfires. And it's like, oh, well, I wish I said in two weeks I'm going to win the lottery. If I was going to be (laughs) that, you know, proficient. You
0: never never come through when it counts.
1: (laughs) Right. But, yeah, no, so scary time. But, uh, yeah, same thing, just working, just getting my mother-in-law moved in still. Can't wait until Halloween, counting down the days.
0: Yeah. Calm down when the heat's gone. That's what I'm looking forward to.
1: Same, same. So, I think you are going first tonight. Where are you taking us?
0: Hmm. Where indeed? I want you to guess.
1: Okay, let's see. I have a feeling, are we out of the United States?
0: Correct.
1: Ooh, okay, because I know you did London, Victoria, London, recently. So, are we staying in Europe?
0: No, this is still North America, but North North America,
1: oh, like Canada.
0: Oh, Canada!
1: That's funny because I just did the Empress Hotel, so I think <clears throat> I think you're copying me.
0: Maybe you're copying me. Maybe you looked into the future, saw this episode, and copied me.
1: Maybe I did, and now here's the winning lottery numbers. Okay. So, where are we where are we going in Canada?
0: Okay. So, we are going to go to we're taking a visit, if you will, to the Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel.
1: Oh, nice.
0: It is nice, Leslie.
1: No, I love a good hotel haunted. I I think I've done, like, two or three, and I really have to try hard not to do a hotel one, but I love a good hotel haunted. I don't know why. Like, even the American Horror Story, my favorite season was the haunted hotel season.
0: Those are pretty good. I think hotels are kind of inherently scary because it's, like, it's not your home. It's just a random place, you know?
1: Well, it's almost too, like... It's okay to be scared there because you can leave. While being scared at your house, if you think your house is haunted or if you know your house is haunted, like it's it's, you feel like you can't escape. But with a hotel, it's almost like
0: you could check out the next morning. Like, oh man, I'm done with this. Bye. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly. And just be like, I'd like out. to get my
0: deposit back, please. <laughs> and no, I was not impressed by the amenities.
1: I love I reading. The
0: fact that there was a gym down to the downstairs did not make up for the fact that I was waking up to screams and bloody handprints on the walls. It didn't, didn't add up.
1: I will admit, though, I love reading those yelps.
0: <laughs> Four stars on Yelp. It was great. The pool was per- always clean. The the you know, the you know the, the gym was always wiped down. But you know there was bloody handprints on the walls. So couldn't give it a solid five stars. <laughs> Okay, so, anyways,
1: So, where in Canada are we? Sorry, I think I missed that.
0: Okay, so, well, I hadn't got that, but the, the okay, Fairmont good. Banff Springs Hotel is located in Banff, Alberta, Canada. The entire town, including the hotel, is situated in what is known as the Banff National Park. This hotel uh, it overlooks a valley towards Mount Rundle. I'm giving just random facts here, but uh, towards Mount Rundle within the Rocky Mountain Mountain Range. It looks really nice in the pictures, by the way. It like, looks like this giant medieval stone castle out in the middle of the freaking mountains. It's
1: so I think awesome. I know which hotel you're talking about. I, I don't think I've, I read the article, but when I was doing like the Empress Hotel, I was looking at my old magazine from Life Magazine last year for their Halloween special. I think this hotel's in it. Because I remember there's a picture of this really big med- medieval castle. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's the same one.
0: Prob might be, so this the hotel itself opened in eighteen eighty eight. Uh, it was was opened by in eighteen eighty by the can- nearbot near the Canadian Pacific Railway, as one of the earliest of Canada's grand railway hotels, known as and a fitting name by the way, known as the Castle of the Rockies, which is known for its breathtaking mountain scenery. I mean, and I can I've seen the like I said I saw the pictures and it, yeah looks pretty amazing
1: that's cool i gotta check it out
0: the fact that it's haunted means i would never want to go to it but it looks nice (laughs) sadly enough though a major fire broke a a kind of backtrack just a little bit more sorry but the the original construction was all wood wood construction right so in 1926 a major fire broke out that completely devastated the original wooden structure so they had to you know, do a complete reconstruction. The new construction was loosely based on a Scottish castle, which had stone walls and towers, which is what you see in the photos. These the They had these big towers, like, sticking up out of the tree lines and stuff like that on the side of the mountain. After the reconstruction, the hotel enjoyed an upsurge in popularity in the 1930s when celebrities and royalty, royalty even, began flocking to the hotel. But there's a lot of different stories a lot of well, a few different hauntings at this hotel that I that I read. I, mean, I, I just compiled all of the ones I saw here, and um, we're just going to go through them. So the first one is is it's more of a minor haunting. It's it's called the secret room. So during the original construction, the original original the wooden wood construction, there was a room built for some reason. I think there was like a very major error on the architect's part. But there was a room built with no windows or doors, which was wasn't even discovered until after the 1926 fire. Some people say that since then, uh, apparitions are often seen roaming the halls outside of this room. So I'm not really sure if people died in the room. It was it was really vague on like what that actually was like. If it's just maybe people maybe got trapped there in the fire or something like that, and they just never really. Found the bodies for it, or something like that. But they say that there, there are spirit, like ghosts, apparitions that are seen roaming the halls right outside the room.
1: I wonder if they did base it on construction from castles. I wonder if they did it as a priest hole. Remember those?
0: Oh, you mean like were they like entombed the priests inside the stones or something?
1: No, no, it's when, I forgot what time period, but it's when. They had a, if, I think it was during Henry Eighth, but when basically they, you know, these big family castles would have their own, like, little church, and they would have their own priests, and when they basically were kind of getting rid of the Roman priests, families used to hide them in what they call, like, priest holes, and it was basically, like, a closet, with like a secret door so it looked like there was no door there were no windows and they basically would hide them in there when the king's men would come I think that was the story but but I do remember some of the um haunted stories of haunted castles is something would happen to the family and they couldn't open the priest door and so that priest would die in there
0: Mm. I guess that's what happens when you build a room with no windows
1: or doors (laughs) right
0: Some bad construction right there.
1: Filing area safety codes. Or what if it's even creepier? It's something like H.H. Holmes and it's a secret room where it doesn't look like there's no doors and windows, but maybe there's like peepholes and a secret door and a secret opening.
0: You know what? You know who beats H.H. Holmes? Who? H.P. Lovecraft. Boom. (laughs) Boyard.
1: I don't even get that. H.P. Lovecraft was a writer. H.H. Holmes was a serial killer. Doesn't matter. I'm still right. <laughs> okay, cool. so so basically, okay. they see ghosts around here, but they don't know why they are attracted to that room.
0: Yeah, they just say like they just kind of pop up, okay. no real reason why. So the next one is the story of Room 873. And This one, reportedly, a man killed his wife and daughter, then himself. So it was a murder-suicide thing went on in this room. Guests who stay in that room say that they have been awoken by, by the sound of screaming and bloody handprints on the walls.
1: Ugh, that would be which, so terrifying to wake up to that.
0: Which reappear even after the cleaning staff removes them. There's also been tells of a young child who walks the halls, lost and alone. It's kind of sad.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of sad about that.
0: Due to the nature of the paranormal activity, the room has been permanently barricaded. So they no longer even let anybody stay in, stay in that room.
1: You know, that is not surprising. I've read, like I said, I love a good hotel haunted. I have read that there's so many hotels I don't allow certain rooms to be let out.
0: Some of them won't even, like, give out the numbers of the rooms that, are ha- that have haunted activity going on.
1: You know, the Stanley Hotel for the longest time did that. Even when Stephen King was going to write his book, he and and Stanley Kubrick, when he made the movie, they purposely changed the number on the room because the Stanley Hotel at the time didn't really want people to come about the ghosts. Now they're they're fine. Now it's like, oh, room 217, you know. But at the time, that's why it wasn't in the book. Red Room. Still such a good book.
0: Okay, so the next story, it's also kind of a sad one. It is called The
1: Bride. Ooh, this is a classic urban legend.
0: This is a classic one. So this is one of the yeah, this is the, one of the more famous of the specters at the hotel. This one dates back to the 1920s. On a young couple's wedding day, the bride decked out in her wedding dress and everything descended one of the hotel's marble staircases. Something startled her. According to the story, causing her to slip and fall. Some say that she caught her heel on the hem of her dress. Others say the dress was brushed up against the candle flame. Because I guess they maybe they had candles lining the staircase or something like that. Punchline is, bride died on those steps. So she fell and down the stairs and she died. Since then, staff and guests have reported seeing a veiled figure in a wedding dress dancing in the ballroom upstairs, pining for the first dance with her husband that she never had.
1: Aw, sweet.
0: So, that's one of the more famous ones. There was another version, that I, I actually saw it too, and I did, I forgot to write the second one down, but there's a one called The Burning Bride. I don't know, have you ever heard of that one?
1: I've heard variations of it. I don't know if it's the same one.
0: Maybe that's... Maybe maybe that's the version where she caught her dress on fire and fell down or something like that.
1: Yeah, I've caught, I've read ones. I mean, because I did that Hotel Coronado, mm-hmm. and they had a they have their own bride story. And I remember when I was looking up some other ghost stories. Hint: I have a ghost story tonight. But I do know with like the haunted brides, especially it being such a famous urban legend, that that there's ones that are like the burning brides. There's the wet bride, the burning, like the, the burning you
0: know, man, which is the most terrifying <laughs> of all. Of them. Well,
1: and there's like the wet bride because they, she fell in a lake or a river. Um, There's the hanging bride. There's, you know, like yours, an accidental bride. Like it's a lot of different stories, but it's basically the same that a bride died somehow <laughs> on her wedding day.
0: You ever notice it's never the groom. It's always the bride. <laughs>
1: Always a bride's ghosts, never the groom.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, how come nothing bad ever happens to the groom? I guess because the groom doesn't have as ostentatious an entrance as the bride does.
1: Well, and now that I think about it, I'm trying to think who else in the wedding party, maybe the maid of honor. I've heard some stories about the maid of honor, but like, yeah, it's always the bride or the maids or, you know, it's never it's the always, groomsmen.
0: It's always somebody in a dress. Basically.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's because it's more creepy than seeing, because there's a lot of ghosts in like top hats and tails and stuff like that, but it's like, oh, it's just a good, it's just a nicely dressed man. Oh, but the bride, that is a sad story.
0: It's sad. I think it wouldn't, it wouldn't nearly be as sad if you, if they say, well, we saw, there was a, there's a sightings of a man in a tuxedo dancing by himself in the ballroom. It's like, nah, that just sounds pitiful. <laughs> sad dancing groom. <laughs>
1: But, uh, no, I, I've heard of different brides, but yeah, I would not be surprised they had a Burnin' Bride story there, too.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, those were the two, that was the other version. I didn't really read down because I'm, like, I'm pretty sure it was the same thing, just with a slight different twist, so I didn't really write it down. So, anyways, that's The Bride. The next one is, called, is Sam the Bellman. So, stories of Sam McCauley, who is a genial old Scotsman, who had who was the head bellman during the 60s and 70s, had been circulating since his passing in 1975. He's considered more of a helpful spirit, where so most of the stories that are involving him mention uh, some service he's provided to staff or guests. One such tale involved two elderly women calling the bell desk for assistance after their, their hotel room key didn't work. The regular bellman was occupied with other duties at the time, and he didn't respond for about fifteen minutes. By the time he actually arrived to uh, to assist the, the the two women, the door had already been unlocked. One woman said that an older bellman in a plaid jacket, matching Sam's exact description, had helped them.
1: I like helpful ghosts. I don't know why. I still, like I I
0: still, I, I still wouldn't want them around me. I don't. I don't care how helpful you are. You go away. I, I will. I will wait. 15 minutes for the living bellman to come and help me out. Thank you. No, you can just move, you can move along.
1: <laughs> well, but, but see that that's what's creepy about it. You won't realize it.
0: True. So there are other stories that include guests seeing Sam haunting his old office, which actually is now a guest room on the mezzanine floor, as well as seeing apparitions and cold feeling cold spots on floor floors. On the sixth, seventh, or ninth floors. Wow. There's also other stories in Haunt for Haunted Rooms. Um, one where they didn't really give the number of the room out on for one. Guests have reported having their pillows yanked out from under their heads while they slept, or even being pushed off the bed uh, by, by an unseen entity. That would just piss me off, actually. I think I wouldn't be scared. I would just be mad. I'd be like, what? What? Why? Why? Stupid ghost, why? Why are you doing this to me? Why? I'm just trying to sleep in this creepy-ass hotel, and you're, you can't even let me get a good night's sleep. The hell with you. So, anyways, that is pretty much all the stories for the Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel.
1: That has a nice variety. We have ghost children. We got helpful ghosts. We got brides.
0: We got bloody handprints on walls and screaming.
1: Okay, so the screaming would just... I think that would be a little bit. That'd
0: be, un, that'd be unnerving.
1: Yeah, that will be a little bit unnerving, like in the sense that it's something I don't expect in a hotel. But I would probably, I'll be honest, I probably would do one of those things where it's like, oh, you know what? Someone's having a party somewhere. Kids are in the next room by themselves with no parents. That's what it was. That's what it was. Don't tell me I'm. I'm wrong because I'm not. Wrong. I, I want
0: there to be a story. You know, I bet you, several decades from now, people will be telling ghost stories about, uh, you know, the phantom beatboxer down two floors <laughs> down, or you know, the uh, the <laughs> the ghost rager that was going on, or <laughs> spirit rave or something. Like I saw glow sticks floating in midair, just. You
1: know, like, that is weird because and we. I,
0: and I heard techno music playing when there was no techno music actually being played
1: anywhere <laughs> 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 that would be <laughs> that would be like funny that if it was like in 50 years from now like that's what people hear instead of like the whole waltz and seeing the, the in the ballroom dancing and stuff at, to the old time waltz you know, it's, exactly. now it's a bebop was country yeah, line dancing. They're,
0: they're not. They're not hearing the phantom. The phantom. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> hello, my I'm gal. Da, 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 da. Yeah. No. They're, they're hearing other stuff. But yeah,
1: that so was that's good. My story. I love a good hotel one. So yeah, I've already done three hotels. So I'm glad you did a hotel.
0: I guess I was too.
1: Yeah, I don't think you have done a hotel one yet.
0: True. I don't think so. Well, I tried to find a good asylum one, but couldn't really find a one that really struck my fancy.
1: I know. You know what's funny is with ghost stories, I always think I know a place like, oh, there's tons of stories. But then I forget. It's like the same story told over and over and over again. So it's only yeah. like two stories, but you hear it so much. It's, it's like the famous ones like Queen Mary or you know Winchester Mystery House. There's only only a few stories with it. It's like, oh, here's the creepy part about this woman. And then here's a few creepy stories, and then that's it.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem with, with ghost stories is that a lot of times you have one. Because there was another one. I believe there was one called the. I may, if I could ever find it again, I maybe do one. It's called the Goldfield High School but I think there was only, like, one ghost. So I was like, eh, I don't think I'm going to do that one because it sounds kind of boring because there's only one ghost.
1: Well, you know what's funny is I almost did a high school one tonight, but I figured, oh, you know what I want to do? I actually, again, was watching Unsolved Mysteries and saw this one, and I was like, this one freaked me out, and my husband scared me. I'm like, well, I'm doing this one. So without further ado, are you ready for mine?
0: I am ready for yours, yes. Yes.
1: Okay, tonight we're going back to... I I will admit, I've done maybe like three or four in Texas. I don't know why I'm always drawn to Texas. Just for the fact... I don't know if it's just because my Google like pops it up or maybe just they know how to tell a good story. But man, I was addicted to... uh, I was addicted to... Sorry, I thought I heard someone at the door. I was addicted to this one story... Because there's multiple stories for this one area. And I love a good area that has different different stories. So tonight, we're going to Central Texas to the Devil's Backbone.
0: Ooh, right? Devil's
1: Backbone. My sources are Unsolved Mysteries. I'm sorry, Devil's Backbone devilsbackbonetavern.com and texashillcountry.com. So, the Devil's Backbone is located in Central Texas through Hill Country. The Limestone Ridge loops... That compromises Texas Farm Roads 12, 165, 2325, and 32, as well as U.S. Highway 281. So it's like this stretch that I guess kind of goes around like in a loop. And according to legend, this stretch of road, a route that runs between Wimberley and Blanco, is the most haunted road, especially Purgatory Road, the road that I guess goes parallel with the Devil's Backbone. Some spirits seen include a Native American named Drago, seen herding cattle along the backbone. On the road, there's motorists and ranchers tell the story of seeing a woman carrying a crying child, supposedly seeking her lost husband. In the show Unsolved Mysteries, Robert Stack era, the Devil's Backbone was a featured story. Multiple accounts of strange occurrences around this area. The first story in the show was told by Bert Wall, a historical writer who owns some land along the Backbone. He reports that late one night, around midnight, while working at his home, it got very cold. And he, because he's a writer, he was like describing it was midnight and the moon was out. And he looked up from his table to see a Spanish monk standing outside of his window. Wall reports that the figure was dressed in garb from the 1700s, including a cross hanging around his neck. The figure and Wall stood, staring when the figure faded away and was gone. Another story came from John Myers, I think I'm saying his name right, M-I-E-R-S, who Wall allowed to hunt deer on his land. One trip had Myers in a deer stand in a tree. As he was patiently sitting in the tree, he began to hear footsteps below him. So let me set this up. So it was like a platform, and he went up the trees. Think of um, what's that movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Adrian Brody, the Sixth Sense guy, the um, M Night, The Village, right? So remember where like they're in like a little almost like fort at the top of the, of a
0: tree. So it's basically, it's, it's basically like a duck blind, but in a in a tree.
1: Yes, so he can't see under him because it goes out. So it's like a platform sort of goes out, so he can't see under him. Well, he starts hearing footsteps, and he's watching for deer, and he hears the footsteps, and it's under him, and he's trying to look, and he can't see anything, and it's by the base of the tree, and he keeps hearing it go around in circles. So he sits there and he waits, and he hears a sound, and he waits and he waits, and then all of a sudden. The footsteps stop. But what's creepy and what's eerie to him is that the footsteps don't, like, walk away. Like, someone's walking away. They just stop altogether. Now, I was watching this, and at first I thought, oh, you know what? I bet it was, like, birds. There's certain birds. They rustle in the trees. They rustle in the leaves. Bet you that was it. Well, then he talks about the sun was going down. It was going, you know, getting dark. And he was already kind of creeped out, so he he gets down off the blind, and he starts walking away from it. Then he feels like someone's watching him, so he turns back around, back to the tree, and back where he came from, like the ladder. And in front of the tree, there's a Native American standing watching him. And he talks about how strange it was because it was very cold outside, and he didn't have a shirt on. So he sits there, they both stare at each other, and he then... Um, Myers, he turns around and just starts walking away because he's like, okay, I'm just going to get back to the house. And as he's walking, he sees out of the corner of his eye that this figure, the Native American, is following him parallel. So he's walking alongside him. And it's like, he doesn't say how many feet, but let's say 10 feet. So he's, he's kind of away. And they stop, he stops, and they turn. And when he, uh, Myers takes two steps towards the Native American and it disappears. And he was like, oh, okay, I want to go now.
0: Aw, oh, the ghost was just keeping him company.
1: A little bit. Now, there's the most popular story, and this story was on Onesaw Mysteries and on the website. There's a story, and I apologize if I say the name wrong. John Valera. No, I'm sorry. John Villarreal, V-I-L-L-A-R-R-E-A-L. Villarreal. I think that's how you say it. Well, his story is that he and some friends were hiking in what's called Haunted Valley. When he saw, as he claims, he saw a vision of a wolf coming towards him and then jumped toward him. When he got back with his friends, he told them about this wolf, but his friends didn't see anything because he was at a different part. But he said that he felt very cold. So they decided to go home and in and, and solve mysteries. They put him in the middle, and the one friend said that his friend was so cold that his whole left side, because he was in the passenger seat, his whole left side went numb. And when they got back to his house, when, when they got back to John's house, he started talking in a really, really deep voice that wasn't his own about Native American massacres and about the area. And so his friend was in the kitchen watching when all of a sudden this really weird wind picks up in the kitchen and basically goes out the back door. And when that happens, John seemed to return to normal, or back to him, his own self.
0: So he got possessed.
1: That's what they think. So he and he talks about he's on some mysteries, and he says that you know he saw the wolf, and then like his friends, how they cut it. Then his friends starts talking about how like they didn't see him, and they didn't, or not see him, but they didn't see the wolf, but they could tell that he was there was something wrong. That's why they left and just having him talk in that weird voice about stuff that he it's not like oh he's a historian and he just knew all that no i think it didn't say how old he was but i take that he was a young like teenager or early 20s like some someone who may not know all the history around the area you know what i mean
0: mm-hmm.
1: right so the last story i have from unsolved mysteries and actually i don't know why but this one's my favorite It's one night in a bunkhouse on Wall's Land. So we're back to um, Burt Wall. He um, had a uh, foreman. So this former foreman, whose name was Lynn M. Gentry, was lying down in one of the bunks when he hears this, this thunder in the distance. And he thought it was a thunderstorm. And all of a sudden, it started getting closer. And he realizes it's hoofbeats. So he gets up. And he rushes to the door to open it because he wants to see what's going on. And he sees about, he sees all these horses. And there's about 15 to 20 riders on horseback. And he's watching it and they pass by. Well, this is the reenactment. They pass by his door and he says that he watches them. And they pass by and they keep going. And he realizes, he tells himself, he says, that was real. Like, he wasn't sleeping, it wasn't a dream, that was real. But what was so strange about it is, all the men were in Confederate uniforms. And they looked like Confederate soldiers. And so he had this, like, surreal moment. To me, it sounded like he had this surreal moment where he sees all these men just, like, ride past. And then, basically, fade away, disappear or they just kept riding and then you didn't hear anything. He didn't really talk about how like, they left, but he just talked about where he realized like what he saw was real, he wasn't dreaming, but it couldn't be real. And I don't know why, it was a really short segment, but I really like that story. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because it's one of these stories where it's creepy in a sense that you're woken up because you hear something, you think it's something else, and then you just see something that is so unbelievable that you almost would be like, hey, did I see what I think I saw? Like you're questioning yourself and you basically answered, yeah, that was real. I don't know. I really like that story. I know everyone likes the wolf story, but I really like that story.
0: That's it's. It would be pretty trippy. Like you like have that encounter, you know, like. It's just like you said, like you, it's like, you know, this can't be real, but you're not asleep. It's not like a daydream or anything like that. It's like, this is happening right now. You're seeing these like Civil War era soldiers, like riding on horseback right in front of you.
1: I think it also is kind of trippy for me because all the other stories was one. So I saw one Native American. I saw one monk. I saw one wolf. This one is a whole company of men. And it just, I think it would be really, it would probably freak me out, but then it would also be one of those things where the experience would have such an effect on me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, that story just, when I was watching it, and I rewatched it to take notes, and when I got that part, that was actually the part where they were coming, and my husband scared me. And I said, "Don't scare me like that." And he's like, "Are you really scared?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know why, but this episode, like this segment, is really well done for me. Like, I don't know what it was. It was just it was told really well. I don't know if it was just because it was edited, but like I really got scared from it. And I forgot how good Insolved Mysteries could be with their with their certain segments being really creepy.
0: Yeah, the old ones are really good. Like I don't know if you if you've watched the new." the new series, but it's, it's okay. It's good, but got nothing on the original ones.
1: There's some interesting stories on there. Like I, I, yes, I have seen the new one. I don't know if our listeners have, but I really, I will admit I've done some armchair detective work in the sense of like, I wanted to see some other aspects, especially of the first story about the guy who supposedly jumped to his death, but they don't really know how, he jumped to his death, but they think that he w- was pushed, or there's a lot of theories, but they just don't think it was suicide. I heard that oh. they're going to release another, like, part two of season one with six more stories. I really oh. hope they have a ghost story in there. I really do. I
0: was, I was thinking, like, because I was watching it, it's like all of them are like disappearances, except for, like, one episode,
1: which was the UFO one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, I fell asleep during one. It was the French one. I, I just I don't know if I was just really tired that day or what, but I just remember I was sitting in my chair and I was watching it. and I was so intrigued by the first one, and then or no, maybe it was no no. I fell asleep during the second one because I woke up and the guy was saying that he his wife was found and he like took the skull and he sleep he slept with like the ashes and I was just like oh that's creepy. Did he do it? Because like I literally woke up. I'm like did he. Is he the murderer? Because I don't understand why. I just, what I just woke up to.
0: That's, that's what, what we thought when we saw it. We were like, the, the husband had to be the murderer. I mean, like, why else did he, like, because he, like, purposely did not let the the, the, ch- the the son back into the house after she died. He didn't let him have the ashes or anything like that. That's a kid. That's his mom.
1: Yeah. Well, but I don't want to get, you know, we're not saying anyone's the murderer. I'm just saying, I didn't even watch all of the episodes. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just saying that was a little strange to me. But hey, to each his own. You do you, boo. But like, it was weird. Anyway, what were Oh, so no, I, but I hope if the new Unsolved Mysteries, I really hope they do a scary one because I I do, I will admit... If it's a good story, I do like the hour long episodes. So all I kept thinking is like, oh, man, if they had like a really good scary one and they had an hour and they had like real good evidence. Oh, that would be so good.
0: That would be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. But they might not do it because there's so many like ghost hunting shows and stuff. They probably don't want to be like that.
0: But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what they come out with. Maybe a good cryptid episode. That would be
1: awesome. Yes, actually they should do a good cryptid episode because that's what Unsolved Mysteries. I mean, they did Bigfoot, they did Nessie, they did Loch No, no, they did Loch Ness, but they didn't Champ. That was the one in New York. They yeah. did they did everything.
0: Yeah, compared to the old ones, the new ones are pretty like one like one dimensional as far as like what they were what kind of stories they were putting out there.
1: Well, I feel like so. Like I said, I, I kind of armchair detective one, so I keep like because I was looking into it. Now my phone, every time there's a new something new happens, they're like, "Oh, did you see that? This was story just came out." And one was that um, I think it was the producer of the first segment, it went on this podcast basically saying, like, oh, this is some stuff that we didn't show and some stuff that we didn't, you know, we cut out. So, like, even after an hour long, they're still cutting out a lot of stuff. So, I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe it's good that they're telling these stories that long, but it feels like there's still stuff that they have to edit out just for time. So, I feel like we're still not getting the whole story. Where I feel sometimes with... With Unsolved Mysteries, maybe this is hindsight, 2020 hindsight, because you watch some of the segments of the solved mysteries, like the Unabomber or even the Golden the, um, State Killer ones, and you're like, oh, they didn't really cover that much in it in this, like, 20-minute segment. It just felt like they did. Like, I always felt like I got a really complete story with Unsolved Mysteries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I digress. That's my, so going back to my story, um, so that was my favorite one. And the only other thing I want to say, sorry, I still had a little bit, is on the road, there is a tavern called the Backbone Tavern, or Devil's Backbone Tavern. And they say that this is also haunted, as patrons claim to seeing and having ghost encounters. But there was no specifics. They just said it might be haunted. Um, There was not much else on that, but the reason behind they think it's haunted is because they said that there was a Civil War battle uh, that occurred at the devil's backbone but I'll be honest I didn't really go into any true research about that so I don't know how true that is but again because of the Confederate soldiers being my favorite story when I saw that in the article I read about one of the taverns on this road I'd be kind of interested to do that do that research in that history in that area
0: definitely it's like a lot of wilderness out there and like a lot of battles took place and a lot of opportunities for hauntings
1: but uh yeah so that's my story um the devil's backbone
0: that's a good story
1: and you know what i will admit again i was reading about stories in texas because that's always what comes up on my feed i think ever since i did that black hope horror one and i uh i heard that one i said you know what I wonder... Why does that sound familiar? And it's funny because I remember watching it on Unsolved Mysteries because the the Confederate soldiers, seeing them on horseback was my favorite story because it creeped me out so much. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm glad you like it. I just wanted something creepy coming. Like We're almost in October. If I... If I plan this episode, it, this will drop sometime in September, maybe beginning or mid-September. So I know we're getting closer. We're getting closer to October, my Halloween.
0: We're going to come out with the good stuff in October, right?
1: Oh, I hope so. Hey, and you know what? For our listeners, if you want to hear anything for Halloween or you have some good ghost stories or Halloween stories, feel free to... Email us like like I said we did one uh, Empress Hotel and that was because someone sent us a story about her trip so I would love to hear about your stories and different different haunted places different even creepy encounters like did you see a cryptid did you see something in the sky like I just want everything right now I, I just it's that season where I want to sink my teeth into all the creepy all the paranormal all the spine tingle stories that I can
0: set the hairs on the back of your neck to standing up, we want to hear about
1: it. Oh, yes, please. And you know what? I'll say this. If you're a writer, and you just have a story that you're like, hey, I have a really good ghost story, I have my own urban legend, as long as you tell us it's a story, I'll totally read it. I love a good story. I'm not even kidding. Definitely. So, well, uh, I think that's it for tonight, right?
0: I think so. We have our legendary
1: listeners yes our legendary listener shout out tonight goes to perth and kinross united kingdom we got a couple of downloads from them and i'm actually kind of excited every time i see the uk pop up on my feed because i got family back there
0: always appreciate the listening
1: yep even they probably are annoyed with us doing really bad accents
0: (laughs) Mostly me, but I do a really good bad accent.
1: <laughs> well, take us home, Jay.
0: This has been another exciting and successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay.
1: And I'm Leslie.
0: Your curators of the creepy and your purveyors of the paranormal. To our California listeners, please stay inside and.
1: Stay safe.
0: Stay safe. And to everybody else, also stay safe. And. Good
1: night. night.